like waffles? Yeah, we like waffles. Do you like pancakes? Yeah, we like pancakes. Do you like French toast? Yeah, we like French toast. Dip, 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 can't wait to get a mouthful. Hello, welcome to the Sports Waffle. Uh, Matt Myers here, as usual, joined by uh, Mr. Oren Shaw, Mr. Owen and Jonah. Um, Charlie, again, is off defending us against naughty things in the universe uh, and will hopefully be with us on Thursday. So today is... What day is today? Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> mate, I've not got a clue what day it is. <laughs> Tuesday today, so you'll be listening to this on a Wednesday. Hope you're having a good week. So, oh dear, boys, no NFL in London this year. Disappointed, Mr Owen? Gutted. Absolutely gutted. Um, I think the, the, the fixtures weren't that great this year, but the was it the Falcons and Broncos looked like a, an intriguing matchup? Um, but I just think it's a good spectacle, the London games. I love going to them. I've been to three, one at Twickenham, two at Wembley, and it's gutting. It's just adds to what's going on at the moment, though, because we've no sport. For, I was going to the baseball in the summer. That's gone. And now I was looking forward to maybe getting to an NFL game at the end of the year. That's gone. But it is what it is. I'd rather it happen and... Hopefully it comes back again next year. I think what they've done with the Spurs Stadium, it's definitely something that's here to stay on these shores anyway for a few more years. So I've not been to the Spurs Stadium. I've done Wembley. Um, um, what about you, Mr. Alderman Shaw? Disappointed? Yes and no. No, because I couldn't afford it this year. So it's like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm missing out now. But yeah, I went last year on that about the Spurs stadium and it is unbelievable. I went to watch Bears versus Raiders which were great fun to watch Chase Daniels throw a quarterback because Mitch were injured. Oh my boy Chase! <laughs> all I wanted. Um, but the stadium itself is the best stadium I've been to in any sporting venue at all. It was incredible. As a West Ham fan to say that about Spurs it, I couldn't fault it. It were absolutely fantastic. However NFL's cancelled baseball's cancelled NCAA, as it stands, are still playing at Aviva in Dublin on the 28th or 29th of August. Oh, yeah, I saw the that. Way get, the way they're getting around it is, you, the rule at the moment in Ireland, Dublin, is no licensed gatherings of over 3,000. It's classed as an unlicensed event, so that's the loophole that they're getting through. So it's whether NCAA bring them over, but... I can't see it, but if he did, yeah. then it's still going. So what about you, Jonah? Were you getting down or are you... Uh... Yeah, we actually thought about it this year and bought me, um, my nephew's 14, 15. He's just got into it and his dad, like they came around and watched the Super Bowl in our house. So we were thinking of going as about four or five of us down for the weekend, actually. We hadn't, I mean, I was, the games hadn't been formally announced, had they? But there was like strong rumours of who they were. But I, I hate Wembley. I hate it with a passion. I, I, I keep saying I'm never going back. And every time United get to a cup final, I'm like, oh, I'll go to this one. But it's just a terrible, it's horrible to get to and get out of. 
So I was looking forward to going to the Spurs games, if you can get a ticket. But next year, the Jags are playing the 49ers at home. Um, so obviously, there's a, if they're going to have two home games, there's a 25% chance, I suppose. So, I mean, like I will definitely get to the next set. It's disappointing. But what I thought was really strange was, did you see any of the comments on the American sites about it? All the American oh, fans yeah. hating on it. Just seems a bit weird to me. I hating know, on them not. not doing it or hating on the London games in general. London games in general. Yeah, a lot of a lot on social media, um, and you do get for every Donald Trump supporter, you do get someone that's fairly decent as well. <laughs> but it's um, it's a lot of bashing the the fan base, bashing the games themselves, saying that they've got to get up early, um, comparing it to saying the Premier League, for example, doesn't take any games over to the States, which is a fair comment, I suppose. And there's a lot more Premier League games. And if you were a season ticket holder and paying for a season ticket and you were losing one of those games, then you might have a case yourself and and maybe be a little bit peed off, especially if you're being charged the same as what you were the season before. So I can can see that argument. But I think some people have got a bit of an initial view on it as well. For me, if... You've got that sport, and it's 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 better for the sport, surely, that it grows globally, not just within America. Yeah, well, I agree. Baseball, isn't it? That's why they brought baseball over. Exactly. Do the same kind of thing, but they didn't half start with a blinder, didn't they? Last season. Yeah, they they peaked quite early. I think the problem you have with baseball, American football. Is a, is a rugby pitch. It's quite easy to find. Whereas with baseball, you know, I've seen a couple of the games in the park. It it just looks the most amateurish thing in terms of its adaptation. And I guess they'll struggle a little bit because you're never going to have a proper diamond over here. That, there might be one or two, but you're never going to have it mass produced like you have rugby fields. So it, it's the NFL had a big pop. I want to say it's the 80s when America really kicked off in the UK. It was on Channel 4. There was a big following, lots of players. It had a sort of lull, um, mid-90s, early thousands, and it's kind of on that ramp up again now. And I think there's an... We want it here. We sell it out. Financially, it makes sense for them, but I can understand why the Americans don't like it. They are a very insular bunch. You don't need a passport in the US. You have every type of thing you'd want to go and do. You want to go skiing, you go to Colorado, you want to go to the beach, you've got two coasts with lovely sea lines. There's no reason to leave the US other than history. Um, And, you know, a lot of them will come over and watch the game if they want that side of things. But it's it's a big chunk of their season to lose. Like you say, it's an eighth of a home home season for the Jags. It's it's a quarter. You know, it's quite a big chunk if you're paying that season ticket price. Um, I am disappointed. It's kind of usually a weekend away from me and the missus going to watch the uh, NFL in London, get nanny to look after the four kids and have a, have a bit of time off. But um, I've not tried. I heard things last year, White Hart Lane was a bit of a nightmare in terms of, I mean, Wembley's an absolute shit tip to get out of. Um, but we always go in a hotel, so it's slightly different. What's it like getting out of, I always call it White Hart Lane, it's not now. Is it the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Yeah. I could tell you. I stayed over. So I went but down no. on the... I go down Friday night. No, I went down Saturday morning, watched West Ham get beat off Palace. Got absolutely rat arsed. Went back, stayed in the hotel, got up next morning. One thing that is crap 
is the pre-game. Like at Wembley, you've got the big, more or less all the way around, and you've got like different kinds of things, interactive things to do. All they had at Tottenham was just on the main street, the little inflatable, like little passing drum. Well, that's it. And, and, and a little few, a few like uh, food carts, doing like buffalo wings and a few things like that. But apart from that, there is absolutely nothing to keep you entertained. It's really, really dire beforehand. Whereas when black could go at 10 o'clock in the morning, you'd be there all day just enjoying yourself and soaking it all in. Um, but afterwards, we again stayed over, so I just went back to hotels. So I'm not too sure getting out wise. We're in walking distance, so we didn't go on tube or anything. Nick, what was it like? I've I've not been to the Spurs one yet. I've done two no. Wembleys. No, no, two Wembleys and a Twickenham. Oh. Um, but that, like, I was the same. I was looking forward to going to the Spurs one this year. The I like what they've done in terms of... It's, it's obviously been well-designed because they've got it where they can literally take away the, the playing field from Tottenham and, and then or, or bring out the NFL field. They've, they've designed the dressing room specifically to host NFL teams. So they've obviously got a long-term plan in mind not to say that's going to be a franchise on these shows, but they've obviously got a long-term plan in mind where they're going to have regular games, maybe if if not for a season like they are, at least maybe one or two over here, because like you said, it sells out. But apparently the, the shop attached to Tottenham is really good. There's a lot of NFL stuff in there. Not to not to plug the shop. going to say, uh, sod that. I've <laughs> for you. The one thing um, that is they get football shirts design American football shirts on them. So when we went, they're like a hurricane American football shirt in like Spurs clothes. I'm thinking, what is it? Who buys that? Like really, who buys that? Because Harry Kane, I reckon. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Harry Kane, he loves his, he loves American football, doesn't he? So he's definitely one of them that will probably be supporting a Kane 10 Tottenham style NFL jersey. Big thing was, did they have half and half scarves? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They should just be burnt, all of them. Oh. I remember they did drop the ball when they launched the shop. I don't know if anyone remembers seeing on social media, but they had the display in the window. And I think it was Auckland and another team. They had... They had Khalil back as a running back. That, that was it, yeah. But they had someone like Derek Carr tackling him. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I had a thought. So for my real job, I do a lot of driving. I work in sales, I do a lot of driving. I'm many hours sitting in the car entertaining myself. I think I solved the potential way they could have teams in Europe if they wanted teams. Hear me through. So currently, 32 NFL teams, right? Which kind of doesn't work mathematically to get a decent, you know, one bunch of guys to have a lot of traveling they don't need. Now, if you expanded it by four teams and you took it to 36, right? Let's say you put a team in Scotland, a team in London, a team in Germany, maybe a team in, where, where else is big? Somewhere in Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, Finland, one of them probably has a team, right? So they all play each other. But they're then in, you split the divisions up and you have six team divisions. So you have the four European teams and then let's say the Jags and the Buccaneers which are two East Coast teams. You're already taking care then of 10 games a season and you could do it so the Jags would come over and play four away games and literally work their way around Europe for four weeks. I think that 
would solve a way of getting NFL back to Europe. In essence, it's in essence a mini NFL Europe taking part in the big league. I think that would solve it. Yeah. That's I'll a good idea. The NFL it's just volatile level though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's going to come down to. The, the one thing that I've heard it talks about is it's not so much the issue of having 53 players here. It's the issue of getting a 54th if someone gets injured. And getting someone, because, you know, you have a, a kicker go down. Uh, Cairo Santos, was he played for the Chiefs, was having a stinker. They got four other guys to come in and try out to be the kicker. That's really hard to do if you've got to ship a load of guys over to London and then you're keeping one of them and shipping three of them back. It's just the logistics of, of the, that side of it, I imagine, would be a ball ache. There were the uh, tax implications as well, weren't there? Yeah, don't talk about tax implications. I've had enough of it. <laughs> to be fair, if, if, if you just added a, a London franchise or a Europe franchise, you could stagger the fixtures and they could probably base themselves in Florida. If it was the, you know, Jags is the obvious one, isn't it? But if they, they could do everything in, tra- they'd want to train in, they'd want to do warm weather training in the summer, wouldn't they? So they could base themselves in Florida. They'd only have to come over for two games, then back for the, you know, they could base themselves majority of the time over there. My big gripe with the London franchise is London isn't the centre of the world. It's not the centre. It's an absolute... If, if they had a UK franchise like the British Bulldogs, do you know what I mean? And they played up and down the country, City of Manchester, St. James's, Murrayfield, Cardiff, London, I think they'd garner a lot more support across... You'd go and watch that. You'd go... You'd, you get yourself a game. I mean, we, we're three of us are based northwest, aren't we? We go and watch it at the Etihad. If they had a game at Villa Park or something, they'd sell out. I'm just not. The whole London franchise, they'd make the tickets ridiculous. And I think they'd lose eight games a season. I don't think they'd fill it. No. That's probably a good point. Um, I don't think they would fill it. You're right. I think it would be... You've got the fact of... I, I guess their theory with London is you've got the fact that the Europeans would want to come over to watch it. But again... Mm. By then calling it the British whatever, you are kind of going to alienate a few of those, you know, would they want to support an English team when, you know, all the Brexit crap that we've been through, you know, they're not big fans of us anyway. The Brexit Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Double down, shall we? Double down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, is it fixtures out Friday? When are they out? Early morning, 1am. So, Saturday then. No, Friday morning one is about, you know, Friday once everybody gets up because I'm not that excited to stay up for them. But do they really matter? No. The thing is, everyone knows who, what teams they're playing. They just don't know on what day. So it's only good if you're planning to go over, which at the moment, if you are, you're mental to start with. Yeah. But we, we uh, just rearranged ours. But it, it's one of those things. It, it's, I'll be brutally honest, in the season, I probably couldn't tell you who the 49ers are playing the next week. I find out on the Sunday when I'm looking at the TV schedule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's who we've got. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to put my bets on then and see how I get on. But, you know, it, it's... Yeah, you pick, you pick your ones, don't you? Like, obviously, as a Bears fan, I'm always looking for when we play Green Bay and uh, Vikings and stuff like that. But beyond them, you don't really care when you play them. You know you're going to play them all, so it doesn't really matter. Opening game, maybe, that's about it. The only... Oh, go on, sorry, Jonah, go on. Do the Thursday night games come out this week? No, I don't think that... I think they'll have, obviously, the Thanksgiving ones. I think it's all to do with TV. 
so TV gets to pick what they want, and it's a it's a pecking order. So um, I don't know which way around it is. I know it used to be Monday night football first, then Sunday night football would get the pick. So they have game of the week on Sunday night, but Monday night football would get the pick of the fixtures. Now with NFL Network having the Thursday night game, I don't know who gets dibs, but it's basically you get to pick what you want um, from there. So it, gets, it comes out the best game of the week usually. Monday night football. So it used to be a couple of years ago, think of this, Monday night was always on Channel 5. Now it's all on Sky. Which one do you watch the most? I tend to watch the Sunday night one more than I watch the Monday night one. Yet yeah, that used to be the centrepiece of the, the weekend. To be completely honest, I don't tend to watch many other than the Bears. Like, I've got a game pass, so I watch Bears. If Bears are playing a, a, either a late game or Monday night or Thursday night, then I'll watch Red Zone. I don't tend to watch any of the others' live games, to be fair. I tend to go... Oh, go on, Jonah. I'll, I'll look and see. So, for example, when the Thursday night fixtures come out and it says, like, oh, the 49ers are playing week eight, Thursday night, I'll make sure I've got Friday morning late on a late in work. I'll do things like that with the fixtures. But I'll stay up. If the, if the good night, the night games on the Sunday are good, I'll probably stay up and watch a bit of the Sunday late game. But the Monday one, I just record it and watch it as live the next day. I tend to go Sunday red zone, unless the 49ers are on, because red zone, I think mean, that is a bloody brilliant idea. Yeah. Isn't it really? You know, I'm surprised actually BT or Sky haven't gone to do the similar sort of thing on a, on a Saturday with the football because that red zone is just one of the best things ever. Amazon tried it, I think, didn't they, over Christmas with like a goals thing on Boxing Day? Oh, I know they put every fixture. I didn't see the goals thing. That would have been quite... Well, the problem is less happens. I mean, you know, West Brom versus Sunderland. Bugger <laughs> all happens for 90 minutes. You know, so you kind of got to pick that way. What's your go-to on a Sunday then, Nick? Um, I'm the unless the Rams are on, which they're not usually until half past nine. Um, I'm the same. I'm I'm big red zone. Love watching red zone, but hate it at the same time. I know you're not a big fantasy advocate, Matt, but I know you are, Nick. But red zone can literally make or break your Sunday. So in one highlight, you can be on top of the world and your matchup is sealed. And then the next highlight, Christian McCaffrey breaks off an 80-yard touchdown run and it's game over for that week and on to the next. So I love and hate red zone because it's literally just the best highlights throughout that that whole six o'clock to late game finishing window. You're getting all the best bits and the analysis on it's superb. Like I'd, I'd, we, we haven't got that over here, but I suppose a lot of it's to do with the TV rights with the football but you can't fault red zone. I, I'm the same. I'd, I'll record the Thursday game, the Monday game. If it's if, if if I'm on a late the day after, I might watch a little bit of it. But Sunday, I'm literally glued to red zone. Does anyone play DraftKings? Yes. <laughs> that is bad. Yes. That's <laughs> it. That's even worse than for the normal fantasy yeah. because you you see your little arrow in in the in the little green bar, and all of a sudden. You, th- you think you're in the money and then you wake up and you've got zero balance. <laughs> I have a question. What's DraftKings? Gambling. I understand what fantasy is. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm in now. See, that's, yes. what, that's, that's what gets me through Sunday. So we, I will always, 
I'll always put my bet on on a Sunday night and I'll pick who I always tend to either go straight win or loss or I'll cover the spread. So that's where Red Zone is good for me. You'll probably like it, Matt, because it's not the dedication of a fantasy football team. So you basically, you'll pick a quarterback, a couple of running backs, a couple of wide receivers, whatever, and you're basically picking within a budget. So you'll have a budget to spend. Each player will have a monetary amount. You stay within that budget, and once your team's set, you can change it up to a kickoff, whatever. But they'll then score points in the way that they would on a fantasy team throughout the game. Um, but you'll be competing basically against thousands or hundreds, whatever sort of league you enter, of people that, that are basically chucking their money in. So then you, if you finish, say, top 2,000, which if, if you're in, say, a 10,000 league, there's every chance that you might do, but you finish top 2,000, you'll get a small dividend of payout, but then the higher up you finish, the more money you'll get. So it's it's like fantasy, but it doesn't have the same dedication as what fantasy does. But it does eat into your your disposable income. So <laughs> do you have to pay each week? No, you can do pay whenever you want. I just topple ten dollars, and then I'll just do like one or two dollars a week. I don't go extravagantly. I'm not a big spender on gambling. Paddy but... Power have tapped into it. Paddy Power do something similar, and I think they've got a free one that you can enter. And they've got ones that you can dip into as well that are like a pound, two pound, five pound, whatever. But it's good. It's, it's, it just gives that little bit more interest. Yeah. You can do it game specific as well. So if you're watching, say like the Thursday night or the Monday night game, you can literally do it so that it's just that game. So you pick plays from just them two teams and it just makes that game. If it's a really crap game as well, I don't know, Browns versus Bengals or something crap like that, put, put, put a couple of dollars on and get your... Uh, Team sorted. Can't be a bit of excitement to it. Could we set up a league with just say four of us? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. just put a dollar in each when it takes all. Oh, like, you could have a sports. Uh, you could have a sports waffle league, and uh, listeners could join in as well and chuck their money in. They are. If DraftKings do ever listen to this, sponsorship I'll, uh, is available. I'll, I'll, I'll take my commission at that time. Thank you very much. <laughs> that sounds really good. Actually, it does sound like I would enjoy that. We had. Um, so I tend to do accumulators. So I'll be, you know, I'll put a couple of quid on and you, know, we'll, we'll, you get seven results. I tend to go about that level, trying to get about 200 quid. And we sat here the other day, well, I was probably middle of the season and I had it was 350 quid was the winning until I got it. And it was the game Miami won. And for some reason, I don't know why, I thought they'd cover the spread. Not that they win the game, just put down to cover the spread. And it went to overtime, if you remember, and then they won it on in overtime. But they are miles ahead. My wife comes down and she goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this. I'm literally going to win it. Look, they're miles ahead. They're not going to lose this game. She goes, oh, I'll watch it then. And we're just sitting there watching these buggers lose and lose and lose. I was like, oh, your fucking fault. Off you go. Get out. And it went to overtime. <laughs> and thankfully they, thankfully, they won. And she's like, oh, brilliant. I've got 350 quid to spend. It's my money. No, never, it's never my money. Um, in other news then today, there's going to be more upheaval at the New York Jets as um, Le'Veon Bell now has another replacement or another backup. Mr. Gore. I think he's going to be a bit pissed off. Not, well, I don't think they're fully sold on Bell, are they? I think they just want rid now. I think they realise that they overpaid and it's not really. But the interesting bit is they've just signed, I think it's LaMichael P. Ryan for um, the draft. He was seven years old when Frank Gore got drafted. 
That's awesome. Mental. It does seem to be the year, there's, this year, the draft, quite a few ex-players' kids are coming back in. Was it Thea, uh, Moss? Moss, yeah. Was it Woodson's kid? Yeah, there were a safety. I can't think of his name from Minnesota. He's the one I mean. It might not be Charles. I had Charles Woodson in my head, but it might not be him. He might be too young to have a kid that age. Um, there was someone that I thought, but I remember seeing it and oh yeah, dad played in the league. So you're starting to get that second generation now coming through, uh, which I guess we had in soccer because uh, you had what? Uh, wow. Jordi Cruyff, you had um, Schmeichel, Lampard, uh, Redknapp. Uh, yeah. Did his dad, Harry, played, didn't he? Yeah, he played Nifty, that's when he had the car crash. Yeah, so that's kind of how that was. So I guess you're starting to see that now coming into the US sport, these guys coming through second generation. So could be exciting. So that's the NFL then. MLB, talking about restarting on the 1st of July. Think they'll do it? I've not seen this, but what, what's the stipulations? Are they doing it in like a full stadium or are they doing... So the bit I've seen is spring training will start on the 10th of June and then they're proposing to play them behind closed doors, uh, but still do the travelling, which I thought was a bit strange. Um, because I've seen, I, I've seen a thing where there's three options. So option one is empty stadiums. Option two, send everyone to Arizona and all 30 teams relocate to Arizona uh, or host teams in Arizona, Texas and Florida. So you have the, 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 I think it's called the Spring League, where it's exactly that. They all bugger off to where it's warm and they play their fixtures. That to me makes the most sense. There was other, in sort of related and similar news, the NBA have spoken to Disney and potentially looking at finishing their season off playing their games in the court that's at whatever yes. local campuses. But then they're all staying in, because the Disney hotels are all closed. So you could, in theory, because NBA team's not that big in comparison. You've got, what, your five starters, probably five or six backups, and then the staff behind that. You could, in theory, have them all on a floor of a Disney hotel. And you wouldn't really, they wouldn't come into that much contact. You could play six or seven games a day because it's a, it's a hard court. You can't ruin the court. So, in theory, the NBA has probably got the most chance of, of getting something done with the least amount of contact. The MLB, you'd probably think they should go that option of, of spreading it out across three or four grounds and playing as many as they can. I mean, baseball is a, a much better game on TV than it is to go to the stadium just to watch. You know, it's a cracking day out with 10 of your mates on, on the piss all day. But it's not a sort of fantastic spectator well, it was never a Kaufman anyway um, so yeah what do you think Mr Orenshaw should they all crack on or should they just all call the season done see the thing is with baseball it's such a big season like they, they play so many games so 53 yeah well, this is it so it's like even on a standard season they're playing it's Friday Saturday they're playing like three game series weekly so it's like to cram all that in, we're already what where we are now, May. We're set to start early March. So um, already what? Fe February, March time, spring training, isn't it? Yeah, spring training's for February, March time. Season usually starts around the 1st of April. There it is, yeah. So we're still, what, a month behind. So if you think about that, the pro that's probably like 25, 30 games, if not more. 
that they're already behind. To cram it all in is going to be difficult, but it's a money thing. And I think it all comes down to money at the end of the day. I know Florida have lifted their lockdown yesterday. Uh, so I can see that trend like happening. I think they just need a few things. But I do like the idea of them locking into either a couple of states, bordering states, or even just one state and just having it all in one area. That'd be interesting. But it's like uprooting players from all over the states to live there for six months away from their families. It's not going to be an easy yeah. thing to get people to agree to. I Would it be Mr Owen sat there in an in O's hat? <laughs> Warm purposely for tonight. <laughs> um, no, I'd, I, I think a condensed season makes sense. I don't think there'll be any sport this year that'll be played in front of crowds, whatever the option is of playing it. Um, I did see something earlier in the week, and I don't know if it's confirmed, but the they're looking at redoing the divisions, so it's three divisions. You've basically got the, the East, West and Central, which makes sense if they're going to do it that way. But even like you've just said, Nick, you're a month behind already, and then to get the players up to speed, you're going to have to have at least some element of, of like a spring training to bring them up to, to playing speed. I don't think you can just jump straight into a season. And if you do, I don't think you're going to get, you're certainly not going to get the, the sort of standard of play or results that you might have done, you know, post spring training. With a condensed season, it then gives some teams that might not have been able to make the playoffs. So you've got the, the chance then, I suppose, Teams like the Orioles, for example, have got the chance where if you throw a, a, a string of games together, you're in, you're in with a chance of maybe having a good season. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. But yeah, that's the only way I could see it is a condensed season, maybe across three different areas. And yeah, definitely no fans there, sadly, which will be a bit eerie. It will be, but then you hear the crack off the bat. I mean, I, where I live, the... Um... The local team was the Springfield Cardinals. It was a feeder team to, obviously, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and if there was 20 people at those games, you would be amazed. But we managed to watch um, Albert Pujols on his way back from uh, some injury. Basically, just needed, he needed an outing. And uh, he came down and he hit one that went over the side screen in centre field. It was just the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Just bang. They go, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, the rest of the guys have been scratching around, knocking the ball for 20 feet, and this case just gone. It's quite impressive. Jonah, MLB, NBA, did they finish? Did they knock it on the head? Well, the NBA is a different one, isn't it? Because it started, hasn't it? Yeah, the they're M- midway. NBA Not started. fair off, finished. Whereas the, M- the, the baseball, like one of the biggest people who's against it is Mike Trout, who is like Mr. Baseball. He signed up. I had to look this up. A twelve-year, four hundred and twenty-six million-dollar contract. Baseball contracts are bullshit anyway. I'll talk you through that in a minute. But that is a ridiculous amount of money. But he's living in LA. Thirty-seven million against the cap this year. If he doesn't want to relocate, they're not going to release him, are they? They're not going to say, "Well, Sodja, you, you're sacked if you don't go." I think I think it'd be a strange one. I think there'd be a, there's a lot of people who've played baseball and got got the money and don't need to play for a year. I think it'll be. I can't see them doing it all relocating to one place because they've only got to have one case of it. And it's... This leads me on to a question. This isn't just baseball. This is like across all sport. If they do start this again, we have everything that's going on. 
do they have like a effectively a sub bench? So you've got like in NFL, you've got your fifty-three man roster. Do they allow you say another seven players on roster, like your practice squad, for example, but an extended practice squad? Because the risk of if one person gets it, you're going to have to have a replacement. And I don't know if they if they do implement start everything up again. I don't know if they would have to implement some sort of like backup playing staff, really. Just I think that's the, the problem you've got. For, for all the sports, you look at football, the Bundesliga are talking about going back. Is it next Wednesday? And that's it's exactly that point, Nick. If you get one person, so let, who's a, is it Haaland? Who's, who's, who's the new striker they've got? That, yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say he gets a cough. Well, he's got 14 days. He's out. They don't win the league. They're going to kick a stink up, you know. If you then bounce that to look at a Premier League, a team going to get relegated. If they have a case of it and they go down, they're going to kick up a massive stink legally saying, hang on a minute, we'd have been all right, but we had this. We shouldn't have been playing. So there's almost a point where they're kind of cutting the nose off despite their face of trying to continue rather than just finding a solution to say, look, let's just put all the money in a pool, spread it out between the five leagues, make sure no one's going to go under. And just start again from September as if it didn't happen or just do something else because you're going to have a problem trying to get something going between now and June or July. What do you think, Nick? The thing is as well with like you just you mentioned, the NBA logistically is the easier one to finish because the towards the end of the season, you pass the All-Star game. So beyond that point, then everything is gearing towards the playoffs. The thing is, if you do have a case of it, even though you're playing in an arena, you don't have to have the fans there, obviously. You've got the staff and there's less players, but you're in very, very close proximity of other players for long periods of that game because you're basically going from one end of the court to the other. You're in contact, so if it does come out that someone is either suspected to have it or they do have it and they they then go into isolation because I'm assuming if there is potentially cases of it even when lockdowns are are lifted or eased you'll still have an element of isolation if people are suspected to have it otherwise you're going to have something probably similar to what happened in the early 1900s with the uh, was it the Spanish flu Spanish flu Uh, yeah so you, you probably have something similar where it kicks off again and your second wave might be even worse than your first wave so at that point where do you sort of draw the line and say, well, one person's then been in contact with another 10 on, on the court or another, you know, 15, whatever, with people who he's been training with. So what happens if, if that then happens? It's, it's, I suppose there's so much to, to consider with it. It's, it's difficult. I can, you can sort of see that, you know, things have to sort of finish, but how do they finish in a way that it's, it's still safe for everyone to finish and what happens if something something like this does does kick off again the thing is sports people players and things they're not normal people they don't just go up to someone and go don't feel good i'm not playing mm. these are the kind of guys that break the necks and kick off and go and play they'll do anything to play and con the concussions and carry on playing they ain't going to turn around and go i've got a bit of a temperature just think they're going to play because that's in the mentality to play and it's just going to cause a worse situation. So I, I agree with, with Nick, just knock everything, sports on the head, 
through these seasons and get them out and then give it a good couple of months to start everything up again. Do it right, because there's no point in half arse in sport, is there? It's what we all enjoy. We enjoy proper games. We don't want half teams playing other half teams and it's just pointless. So for me, knock it all on head, crack on next year. What do you think, Jonah? I think the big thing, especially with the American sports, is they're such like uh, position specific coaches and things. So if they start if they do play the American football, for example, and the quarterback room and in the quarterback room, um, Kyler Murray starts. Kyler Murray's got a cough. He's been around at least every day for a couple of hours. All the other Arizona quarterbacks in that room. So if he's got it, they can't field a quarterback. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. Yeah, but he's so small it won't actually cough in anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Just pick a bloke off the street, you'll be fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like, and like you say, people are going to go out, and if they say, right, you, you've you've tested positive for it, you're not playing. That that's fine, but they're not going to say, and then it's going to spread it on mass. So I, I I can't I don't see the point in starting them until it's clear. If you're not started, don't bother. I don't. I mean, this gets controversial. Base basketball, there's no relegation. So do, does it really matter? No. I mean, the, the issue you've got obviously over here with the Premier League is not so much, and I, I'm not a Liverpool fan by any stretch of the imagination, but they've won the league. They've not won it officially, but they're going to win it. I'm not too worried about that. But deciding who goes down, because that's where the money lies. The money doesn't lie between who wins it and comes second. It's who comes fourth and fifth and who comes 17th and 18th. So I just knock it on the head personally and... Like you say, playing friendlies in front of empty crowds are horrendous, aren't they? So it's not a spectator sport then either. It's right. greed. Yeah, that's it. it's all about money. Right, before we move on, two things. On your Spanish flu, Nick, if you look up uh, Philadelphia during the Spanish flu, you'll see the story of why you should never release it too early. They released it early for a uh, parade of some description. I can't remember quite what it was, but they had a really low infection rate everybody thought they were okay they released everybody to do this parade and then like they had the highest toll of anywhere in the whole u.s that died from it it's absolutely ludicrous and jonah on your contracts if you ever look up bobby Bonilla, he signed a contract something like 1990s and he is paid a million dollars by the new york mets until, <laughs> until 2035 it's an absolutely beautiful contract yeah i've seen that before <laughs> absolutely epic right that's been kudos to his agent yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, there's another one on that, completely different subject. Um, the lad who was the voice of Simba in the original Lion King, can't remember his name, was offered uh, like a million quid and he'd never get another penny or, oh, or for royalties. And his mum convinced him to take royalties and he's now yeah. a bazillionaire. Yeah, I saw that. So it's amazing what you should really, really listen to. Right, that's been quite a heavy podcast so far. It's going to move on to something a little bit lighter. As we're not watching sport, I don't want your best. What's the worst thing you've watched during lockdown? Mr. Mr. Jonah, you can start, sir. So I'm not, not going... Netflix. I'm not going to go for a worst, like, show. Like, a worst episode or one-off. It's a continued loose women every day. My wife is watching it. While I'm working from home, and they're repeats. 
Are there, are there a Pete Clavin live ones? <laughs> there was a live one today, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to listen <laughs> in over the computer. So, Loose Women repeats. Oh, I can't, I can't stand it. Mr. Owen? I've got exactly the same problem, but it isn't Loose Women. It's keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm working from home. Um, but I'm told it's funny. I'm yet to see the funny side, but she likes it. I'll be what, honest. What can I do? I'm working. <laughs> there you go. You want to be furloughed like me, mate? It's fucking great. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Kardashian show, whilst it is an annoying, cretinous bit of TV show, they are fucking clever and worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Five minutes of advice from the, what's the mum called? Pingu, what's the mum called? Kardashian oh, mum. Yes, you do. <laughs> Kardashian <laughs> denial there. She knows. She, she loves it. Um, oh, I can't think what I know. But the mum is just a marketing genius. She just puts the kids exactly where they need to be. It's really quite impressive. Mr. Alwyn Shaw, what's yours? I'm... Um, bit lucky compared to you two gents there. My missus tends to be on her phone and she watches so much. She gets stuck in Facebook calls, just video, video. And I can hear it. And it's such a crap. And I'm glad it's on her phone and not on the TV. So I get free reign at TV. But to be fair, I've got Disney Plus and <laughs> it's been brilliant. So I can't really grumble. The shittiest thing I've watched, uh, nah. I watched a bit of a, I'm going to be controversial here, Tiger King. It was good, but shit at the same time. Absolutely. So that's probably it. But yeah, I've, I've done all right with my Disney Plus, to be fair. You've not done, you've not done too badly there. So Aren't you taking orders for Disney? No. Oh, Disney orders, yeah. Disney orders. Yeah, yeah. Just get that one in there. Good lad. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> he's doing well. Fucking up my systems, but he's doing well. <laughs> Got 72 of the same record. Um, so I've got two different, depending on what time of day it is. So my kids, I put, we've got a little one who's an you know, absolute nightmare. Uh, not in a bad way. He's just got about 4 million gazillion pieces of energy. And he has found these two things on the TV. One is called Gecko and one is called Blippy. And it's this American douchebag. Bounces around like an absolute pillock. Just just religiously, on and on and on. Oh, it's a nightmare. So that's the worst thing that's been on my TV. However, the worst thing we've actually sat down and watched was that BBC Dracula. Then we watched that. Oh, um, yeah. If you want to give yourself a, just a kind of what the fuck moment, just watch that. Watch the first two episodes and watch the point where the, director, the screenwriters gave up giving a fuck because you can <laughs> pinpoint it to an exact second. They kind of go, yep, this is really good. This is really good. This is good. Fuck it, that'll do. And it's That's just, exactly the, the thought I had on it. I watched the first two and I thought, it's not bad, this. And then I watched the third and I thought, why well, have I just watched that? So I watched the first one and just couldn't get my teeth into it. <laughs> oh, he's here again. Had <laughs> <laughs> to get one in, didn't you? <laughs> oh. I think there's no finer moment than ending on one of Jonah's ludicrous jokes. We should get him a hat. Like, well, actually, you might have a health warning. <laughs> Right, folks, thanks ever so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday with something probably a bit more lighter. That's probably quite a heavy episode for us in terms of actual sports talk. 
but we'll be back on Thursday with something more light and enjoyable. Not necessarily enjoyable, that's quite enjoyable to be honest. I enjoyed that. Um, but probably something more fun and comedic. Have yeah. a good one. We will speak to you on Thursday. See you later. Ta-da.